This Hello, friends. Welcome to special edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you uh, on an off night here. It is Thursday night, December 15th. Uh, with some unfortunate news, you probably already know it, but we wanted to talk about it anyway. Uh, today, the end, or the Dallas Mavericks announced um, shortly after Mark Stein broke the story that uh, Maxi Kleba is out with what was first described as a right leg injury and quickly progressed to a tear in his right hamstring. We still don't really know what this means because as friend of the show, Jeff Stotts pointed out, it sort of depends where the tear is. Um, it, it's, uh, it's really bad news. Josh, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting day online and the reactions to the Cleveland loss and then the Maxi news kind of happened in the middle of all that. And it's been an interesting day. Uh, it feels like that Cleveland game, I mean, it's it's kind of weird because it's the season's been kind of going this way since it started. But for whatever reason, that Cleveland loss uh, Wednesday night just I think is we're getting closer and closer to more and more people just kind of breaking down breaking this season and like different people's boiling points keep getting reached and it felt like another big one was was Wednesday night and maxi news uh definitely didn't help so it's been it's been interesting uh following people people talking about the team the last 24 hours yeah and so it's sort of two distinct things like number one I I think Luca came into that Cleveland game like incredibly frustrated and Honestly, it didn't really seem to make a lot of sense, but it seemed that the Mavericks knew something was pretty wrong as of Tuesday. Um, and he came into that game pretty salty. And it makes me wonder if just like they knew that this had happened and everybody on the team was sort of processing it because it's all around very bad news because Maxi Kleba, if, the Mavs essentially have eight playable guys as always. And while he was not a starter, he was the guy that was consistently featured in all of their highest performing lineups. Uh, he was a guy that they probably tried to keep around 25 minutes a game, playing him in key defensive stretches and occasionally with all offensive stretches too, because as a catch and shoot guy, he's, he's real good. And it, it's just, it's, it's incredibly frustrating because he's out indefinitely, which realistically with the hamstring tear, I think, I think we just have to assume he's out for the season. Um, there's really no other way around that because with something like this, you're basically playing wait and see uh, with how it responds to treatment. And that's, you know, understanding we don't really even know where it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's yeah. very, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I know we've all been through different phases of maxi in terms of, I think we've always understood how important he is to this team. And I think that's been part kind of our argument is that it's, it's not fair to Maxi how important he is to this team, considering, you know, his background and, and his stature in the league. You know, it's, it feels crazy that a backup big man, you know, is maybe the second most irreplaceable player on a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and that's not Maxi's fault that, you know, he's that important. You know, he he. He's just doing his job, and he does his particular job very well, even 
with some of the down swings he's had in the last couple of seasons with injuries and some horrific shooting slumps. Um, but yeah, like you said, he's part of, I mean, he's, he's their only defensive big. Uh, I mean, Dwight Powell can, can do some things on the perimeter um, that is not too shabby, but in terms of guarding the rim, Powell is, you know, I've said for a long time when he comes to guarding the rim, Powell is a broomstick with hands. Um, and, you know, now there are other bigs, you know, it's Powell, it's Christian Wood, who is also not a good defensive big, and JaVale McGee, who is not in the rotation because he was the worst defensive big uh, on the team. So they don't have a rim protector right now. Um, and with the way they play and with the way Kidd and Sean Sweeney like to play, they, you know, they definitely are a bit more of an aggressive switching defense than they were under Rick Carlisle. Like Maxi is a big part of that. And now that they don't have any bigs that can really switch except for Dwight. But again, you know, Dwight has his, his limitations. So it's not ideal. And the defense already was showing some signs of weakness because, you know, Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney Smith, I think have kind of regressed a little bit on that end uh, after playing basically like 45 minutes a night in the playoffs. And I mean, I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now. And when Maxie's on the floor, the defense gives up 110. Uh, per 100 possessions and when he's off the floor it gives up 115 per 100 possessions so they're just gonna have to try to outscore teams now I, I don't they've really won see one game when he hasn't played he's missed six games they're one and five yeah he's he's huge their best lineup i think this season is luca josh green tim Hardaway jr maxi Kleber, christian wood uh it's a plus 31 per 100 possessions uh, now, granted, it's only played 106 possessions total, but holy crap, you know, like pretty good. And Maxi has been kind of Christian Wood's safety blanket. Um, yep. They have basically tie, tried to tie so much of Wood's minutes to Maxi because the coaching staff doesn't trust Christian Wood as the lone defensive big on the floor. And they have, you know, we can we have qualms with the coaching staff at times, but I think that's one we're fully in agreement with. So. I, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be very very difficult for them to do the things they want to do defensively with him out. Well, and it, it, it you mentioned this earlier that it kind of goes against everything the kid wants to do and I'm just I'm really curious to see how the team responds because they they don't have an option now. I think what they're going right. to do for a couple of games is probably try more McGee options. But McGee is just not I mean no reason to kick like beat a dead horse. Like McGee doesn't work. McGee's not yeah, the player. That, yeah, it's done. He he is a he's just he's, he doesn't fit, and that's being generous. Um, so you know, then kind of the question becomes is how long it takes them to pivot to becoming a truly offense first team, which I think means starting Christian Wood and playing Luca and Wood like thirty plus minutes together, um, and and it's gonna grind kids' gears. But if they still want to win games, I think that's what they have to try. And then if that's not if that's still not working, do the Mavericks do anything to shake up the roster? Which I think the answer is going to be they will try something. But as I've kind of had discussions with with people all day, like they can't they they really shouldn't do anything rash. You know, if if they were to trade a pick. The earliest they could trade is a 2024 pick that, and that's conditional on 
not having to, uh, you know, trading this pick out from, from the Knicks. And honestly, with the way the team is right now, they should not give up those the top 10 protection to the Knicks. No, no they it's, can't trade a pick till 2025, right? I, I think because they're they owe 2023 to the Knicks. And yeah, sorry, 20, that's years, what I meant. I'm you sorry, can't go you're two right. Two years in a row without a right. first rounder. So yeah, yeah. So it's it's like a 2025 pick doesn't get you anything, and and even then it's kind of conditional because it's conditional on the pick that they owe the Knicks. Right. They um, can't if uh, if for whatever reason the the sky the bottom falls out and they don't convey their pick, they can't trade the 2025 pick because that pick is now that's when they're gonna. Uh, tra- that pick belongs to the Knicks until they can, you know, that pick has to convey until they can trade it, basically. Um, yeah. That they owe the Knicks. Uh, they can promise it, but I don't think legally they can make trades until with that pick until they convey it. Um, so it's, Unless they it's, remove the protections on it. Right. And removing the protections would be lunacy because yeah, this team now. is a, <laughs> this team is on a knife's edge. Uh, right. It's, it's not that I think that they are going to like be outright terrible. You have Luca. But playing 500 basketball, eventually, like, it's just going to eventually wear them out. You know, that they just don't have the depth. Like, I don't even see them playing 500 basketball, really, without Maxi. Uh, yeah. Not over a long enough stretch. Yeah, I mean, and we're going <laughs> to... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's... It's just crazy. These are only... These are only quality big man defenders, so it's just really hard... To, to look into the future other than say their defense can be really well, bad. And but, then I, mean, I, I, I guess my next question is understanding that I do not think the Mavericks will ever tank. They won't like tanking is not a thing when Luka Doncic is on your team, period. But do they start to try to acquire assets by, I don't know, soft tanking? Do they move Dorian? Like the, the simple fact is not moving Maxi Kleba when he had more value was a mistake. They signed him to an extension and my, now he might have essentially zero value because 30 plus year old backup bigs with hamstring, like hamstring issues do not like, like they do not go away. Like, like and, he, I, and he already had injury history before mm-hmm. this. I mean, He's, James Harden's a good example of this. Harden's not exactly, you know, a prime worker, but like hamstring stuff starts to once hamstring stuff happens, it's, it's kind of a constant threat. And he was already having issues, exactly like you said. So it's not that I don't think Maxi is valuable as a player. It's just as a trade asset, he loses a fair amount of this now that he has an in, like a significant injury like this. And so it makes me wonder, would the Mavericks, you know, start to look to acquire assets? I mean, one of the things that's been talked about in the social media sphere is that the Mavericks have been piss poor at acquiring draft assets they haven't acquired a first round pick as part of a trade in 18 years i think they might like it, it's it was 2004 um and I, they might be one of the like they might be the team that's gone the longest without acquiring a pick I, I i could be off on that stat but i am right about the 2004 thing so do they you know i, I hate i'm not suggesting that i'm just I, I'm, I'm curious because like they don't have options this went from going you know where i i constantly reference the piece i wrote that there's no help coming to like like the killers inside the house type thing <laughs> like this is you know like i don't really like this is it's really uncomfortable because we, we've gone from kind of bickering amongst 
ourselves, media fans, whatnot, about what the Mavericks are and aren't doing, to they're now being faced with the reality of that one of their key contributors is out and the solutions are all bad. All. Yeah. And this is why we were talking about um, this is why the fact that they're, oh, excuse me. This is why the fact that they're 14 and 14 right now was such a big deal. And this is why we kept raising so many alarm flags when they were nine and 10 or when they were 10 and 11 and when they're losing to Detroit and when they're losing to Oklahoma city and when they're losing to Houston and when they're losing to Denver without four of their best players, when they're uh, giving away a game to Toronto, um, when they're losing to Orlando without their best player, when they're losing mm-hmm. to New Orleans without all their guys, we kept saying, Luca's playing the best basketball of his life. The team has been healthy and they are, they cannot get away from being a 500 team. And we kept saying, this is a problem, not because we don't think that the team as healthy could maybe go on a run and maybe flip some of these close losses around. It's because you do not play an 82 game season in the NBA without going through some adversity. Guys get hurt. Guys miss time. Like no team has a clean bill of health throughout an entire season. Now some teams, you know, are snake bitten more than others. And some teams have to deal with season ending injuries and some teams deal with, you know, nicks and bruises, but like sure. it happens. Like it's I mean, a reality. The season, yeah. The, the Maverick seasons, the past couple of years, the 2020 season was marred by, I'm sorry, 2019, 2020 season was marred by frustrating injuries at really bad times. Yeah. Luca goes down with an ankle injury. Uh, Dwight Powell tears his Achilles tendon. The game, Chris Stapps Porzingis comes back from a three-week knee injury. Yeah. Porzingis suffers a um, his meniscus tear in, in the playoffs. Like injuries happen. The thing that I sort of and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody is I don't think we understood last season just how lucky the Mavericks actually were in terms of honest to goodness injuries. They missed time because of COVID. Luca right. missed time because of an ankle the, the whole, injury. The but, whole league missed time because of COVID last right. season. <laughs> That's correct. And like <laughs> last year, we don't really talk about this as much, but Luca also missed time for being out of shape. Like yep. that was, I keep saying the word, I'm, I'm using like as a thought processor, processor a lot, this podcast, because I really don't want to say the, the wrong thing. Um, I'm just, this is, this has been something I've been thinking about all day as I was driving because this injury just causes so many cascading problems. And last year when, when Luca was out for most of December, they got their ducks in a row. Tim Hardaway got hurt at the end of January and the Mavericks did not deal with uh, another like season defining injury for the rest of the year. The closest thing that they came to was Maxi Kleba they really had to manage his minutes and give him breaks. Right. But everybody else played a ton. We were we were actually worried about this for a significant <laughs> portion of the spring because they were playing seven and a half guys, it felt like. And one of those was Jalen Brunson. And now that this team loses Maxi, they also don't have Brunson. So, and as we've talked about, like everybody knows this. So right. I'm very curious to see what they do. The honest, like then there's also sort of in the background hanging we don't really know what's wrong with Josh Green's elbow. It's his shooting elbow. Um, that's yeah. concerning. Yeah, I think he's been getting closer. Like, Hope uh, so. I mean, a sprained I mean, elbow sounds really weird for somebody that's also like like learning a shooting stroke. I mean, that just sounds uncomfortable. I hope he's okay. Is my point? Right. Yeah, and again, and again, like this is why we were we were. I mean, I mean, I don't know if we were screaming, but this is why we were harping. Like, 
this team needs to be 18 and 12 or, you know, whatever their record should have been if they won the games that they should have, because now it's like, okay, they have some cushion. If they go on a little bit of a losing streak while they figure this maxi thing out, it doesn't kill them. Now, if they go on a losing streak, they could be five games under 500, you know, like, and then you're starting to, you're starting to look at January at climbing out of a hole without reinforcements coming. And that's, you know, that's why you got to win the games you're supposed to win. Uh, because now you you're you're out of rope. Like this is well, and I, I'm I'm genuinely worried about them giving like doing a short-term move to fix something that isn't really fixable. This team has fundamental problems. The say, you know, uh, um I'm just gonna bring this up because it, it matters. Like somebody we, we as media people had some serious arguments and debates with other media people during the off-season period. And one of them was with the tickets, uh, Jake Kemp, who today wrote a piece that was essentially saying, you all knew this was coming in the back of your heads, didn't you? And, and which, number one, no, because otherwise we wouldn't have spent all summer arguing about this. But it's, it's kind of like it, it sort of brought home the fact that a lot of people are coming around to our side of this really is is has such a limited margin for error and that was before the maxi thing was announced right so i i just i i really i'm just worried this is going to get real dark and then i'm worried they're going to make a panic trade for who or what i don't know i mean other teams are going to look i earnestly expected at this point in the nba season the tanking race to be much harder uh in terms of other teams like giving up that really hasn't been the case i mean name our, our guy cba Mavs says name a player the Mavs could realistically trade for on the cheap to replace maxi i have no idea daniel gafford is the first name that comes to mind but i don't know if he's cheap like do the do does the no does but the is he even a good defender like right like what holds the wizards it, yeah, have lost that, a million games in a row like what, what are we talking true. about here like, that's a good point like i don't, I don't know, even maybe. know if he, the problem is it's like maxi yeah I, I'm not trying to say he's a unit, but like switchable four fives that can spot up shoot and, and play, you know, really, really high level defense aren't on the trade block. Like maxis aren't on like maxis aren't available to trade because teams, because that's like a, a good solid player that teams want to keep. It's why the Mavericks didn't move him. It's right. It's, I, <laughs> I just, and I said earlier, you know, I think they should have sold high on him. And I, I still believe that, but it's, I understand why they didn't. He was kind of a cog that they couldn't, couldn't necessarily replace. And it's just, this, this has me genuinely concerned for the remainder of the se- for the remainder of the season. And I hope that they're able to patch something together. Um, I would love for them to go kind of pure offense and just score a bunch of points because Luca and Wood are, our NBA 2K spam pick and roll, they could each score 25 a game. And maybe it wouldn't be enough, but at least it would be entertaining. Because that's like, <clears throat> go ahead. I was just going to say, it should be enough against like the bad to mediocre teams. Like you mm-hmm. might, you're probably not going to beat, you're not going to beat a Cleveland. Um, you're probably not going to beat a Milwaukee or a Boston uh, doing that. Or, you know, Memphis or maybe even Phoenix. But you could beat, Antonio you can beat Mm. maybe maybe Chicago like I don't you know maybe they can beat those teams and and that can keep them afloat but uh it's it's a shame it's happening right now like 
Cleveland, like it happened right before this stretch with Cleveland, like and, and now they're playing Portland, who is on fire. Right fire, now. yeah. Then they go to Cleveland. Now then they go, then they play four straight on the road, and they're off on the road. Doesn't matter who they're playing. If they're on the road, you it's going to be tough for them. So, yeah, it's a bad it's a bad stretch. I do. I'll, I'll try to offer some some light in the darkness. Uh, Luca and Wood on the floor together without Maxi. They've played about 342 possessions. They're plus 5.2 per 100. And Kirk, like you said, it's literally them out. Like they score 121 per 100 and give up 116. So the defense <laughs> is awful, but they're just running teams off the floor with their offense. Give so. me 2001, 2002 Mavericks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that might be what it has to. That might. That's probably what it's going to have to be. Um, well. Yeah, I've just been I've been in the car all day. I've been thinking about this a lot because it, it just I've had a from, lot of time to stew with you. Yeah, because I was sitting at the I was sitting out, I was out in college station today at the vet and I was sitting there and I was arguing with people online because <laughs> I'm just I'm not people, but it's like I'm so sick of seeing ah oh, the Matt like the Mavericks are fine. Like I am sick of seeing that. They're not fine. Then this happened and it went from being a they are not fine we can argue about it to they are not fine literally because they now miss a key rotation cock. I mean, this has just gone so sideways following a Western conference finals trip. And I'm really, I'm really, really disappointed in, 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 in it all. And I, I, it's, it's coming out. Gotten hurt yet. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, he, and it's coming he, out in our content too. Cause you and I've like talked about this. There's not that much interesting to say because on offense, they don't do anything interesting. They used to do interesting stuff. Um, Joe, who's written for our site like four or five times, he writes for a number of SB Nation sites, had pitched me an idea, and then <laughs> he pulled back because he was like, no, there's not enough tape. They don't do the interesting things that I saw Josh Green do a couple. Like They don't do any of that enough. And then on defense, they can't stop anybody. And it's it's just it's very painful and it's so disappointing because I, I went on an SB Nation show today on the car on the way home and I was like any any team that has Luka Doncic that is a grind to watch is punishable by the basketball gods. They've just got to figure something out. I hope that kid changes up how he approaches this and really says, Let's let's go, let's open it up, let's get weird. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot. This is just due to the nature of my podcast listening. I've heard like three or four things about Mike Leach lately, and that's not a guy I've thought of in a while. But the swing your sword thing, get weird, Mavs. Do some fun stuff. Let's let's see something different. Maybe Do they have we'll... the coaching staff to, to get weird? They have 35 coaches. Somebody has to be interesting. Someone. <sighs> what's, really, <laughs> what's really tough is it's just like the formula for them to win. Like they'd have to make an astronomical amount of threes or they don't win. I just looked up like, so that was the case before I know, but it's really the case now because now they don't have, you know, Brunson's mid range scoring that can kind of comp supplement them if the threes aren't falling, but no, um, I'm looking at their last one, two, three, their last four wins. So from the New York win to the Oklahoma city win, their last four wins, uh new york they made 24 threes phoenix they made 20 threes uh denver they made 17 and oklahoma city they made 22 making 20 threes or more even in this era of high volume three-point shooting 
is like an elite number and like they it's just really tough because it's if if they don't make their threes they don't they don't have a pivot point they just don't have anyone that can dribble and now they've lost one of their guys that can make threes well Here's a, here's a weird thought. This this to me forces some Jaden Hardy stuff just because he's another guy who can do things off the dribble. They he's have to try play. more. Like he's I am done play. with this Frank Nilakina experiment. You and I didn't talk last night. Frank Nilakina's <laughs> five of twenty four this season. Enough. He's not an NBA player. No, I don't um, care. And, and Brad Townsend is like, well, he was a plus ten in his minutes. And I'm like, he's not an NBA player. He also shoots the ball like he's. I mean, he like he's a true gunner. Sometimes the shots he's taking, it's like, well, no wonder he doesn't make anything. Why is he taking that shot? Yeah, it's. I mean, at least last season he kind of showed you some stuff. Uh, I mean, he even kind of showed you some stuff in the playoffs and in some limited minutes. But like, it's. Ooh, that might have been an outlier or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, Frank Frank's definitely not the answer. But they might. I almost wonder if kids going to lean more because they need defense, right? So I yeah. wonder. Well, I think that's what he does, but then they're just not going to be able to score. And the the defense that they need versus the defense that they will try are two very different things. They just don't have the personnel for it. Yeah. And they're going to get a defensive test on Friday, Portland, uh, right. who's scoring like a million points uh, per game right now. Um, so, well. Let's leave it at that then, because you and I will be back tomorrow night to talk about yeah. that one. Um, yep. Thanks for hanging out with us. We don't need to be morbid, but it's just this. This was such a catastrophic kind of lost feeling. I didn't want to didn't want to let it go. So this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We'll be back with you tomorrow night. Thank you for hanging out.